something we talk a lot about if you're talking to brokers, right? So if you say to a broker, I don't know, just send me everything. I just want a deal, right? Like that's like telling your grandma when she asks, what do you want for Christmas? That's like saying, I want a sweater. Well, you know what? You're going to get like a sweater vest with pom-poms and a donkey. Welcome to Finding Your Fears podcast, sharing lessons and stories about creating the life and business you deserve. With me, your fears guide, Carolyn Colleen. Welcome everyone to Fierce Expert Call. We do this on the second Monday of the month and I'm so excited to have Mandy here. So Mandy and I were kindred spirits from the moment we met. We're like sisters from another mother. (laughs) And when I met her, she has this beautiful and powerful energy. And then I got to know her story and I got to know who she was. And I got to also learn that she's a fellow Midwesterner. I'm excited to have her here with us. And she has generously volunteered her time in which to be here to provide golden nuggets of achievement, wisdom, and success. And so I'm happy and excited to welcome Mandy, badass Mandy, here with us today so that she can gift us and just share with us her wonderful and beautiful wisdom and amazing energy. So I will let you have the stage, Mandy. Thank you. Oh, Carolyn, goodness me. I couldn't agree more with the kindred spirit stuff. It does feel a little weird to be an expert, right? But I'm here to tell you that there's nothing special about me. I just keep showing up and I keep figuring out what the next right step is. And then you do the next right step and poof, you look at all the progress you've made. And I think the biggest piece of that for me is kind of the headspace work, the feeling like an imposter, the, oh, I'm just some little farm girl. Oh gosh, no, I'm nothing. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to wait my turn. And I'm only going to go for stuff when I'm a hundred percent prepared. And who cares if those boys are going after stuff that they're only 50% prepared for. So I'm here to tell you that the headspace stuff is what matters most. So I am a real estate investor. And actually, I was telling Carolyn before we had a chance to join everybody in here that I have been investing in multifamily, specifically the small multi area between four and 50 units. 50 units, they still kind of consider small when you compare it to the 100 plus unit big buildings. So four to 50 units, small multis is my wheelhouse. And because of these next right step, just figure out the next thing, do it scared stuff that I'm going to talk about here. I am 14 workdays from leaving my W-2 job. So I am here to tell you, you know, self-proclaimed. I'm not special. I am special that I keep trying. Thanks, girl. But it's just that everybody can do this if you put the right focused energy onto it. So in terms of mindset, it's something that gets thrown around a lot. It's something that a lot of people talk about these days, right? But what do you mean mindset? Because I feel like it could mean a hundred different things. So I just kind of want to define what I mean by this. And for me, this Tony Robbins quote means so much that success is 80% psychology, the headspace stuff, your strategies, everything that goes on right here. And 20 percent is the skills or the mechanics or the how-to. So it's all here and not so much necessarily getting wrapped up in the, I don't know what I'm doing, right? So you can be in, and I'm going to refer a lot to real estate investing because that's what I do. That's my wheelhouse and what I coach people in. And I feel like especially women get so caught up in this analysis paralysis. Well, what if the toilet breaks? And what if I get a call in the middle? Well, no, dude, like those skill things, the figure it out, whatever, that's so little of it. So let's talk about the strategy and the psychology piece of it. So I really like to liken this to what it takes for a jet to take off. Well, to go out, to taxi 
out to just that you're just starting. This is an interesting thing. I'm just taxiing out in whatever type of goal you're taking on. That takes no power. That takes no energy. But for you to get from the ground into the sky, that takes so much energy. And then to climb up to where you want to go, also so much energy, so much power. But when you're cruising right here, this continue the analogy with me, if you will, that getting where you want to go, the climb, the getting off the ground and getting there, it's all of this work and all of this brain power and all of this feels like too much. But once you get to this, well, clearly I can't use mouse. Once you get to this point that exponential growth is just happening and you're in flow, that doesn't take a lot of energy. I also think through, you know, what it takes to start a merry-go-round that, you know, once you, to get it going, it's so much work, but then you just kind of push it and it keeps going at the same speed right? So if you think getting this off the ground is hard, you're right. Because all of the energy is required at the beginning. All of the major energy is required at the beginning. So understand you're doing the hard stuff front loaded. And if it feels really hard, you're right, because it's so worth it. So in my opinion, we talk about there's the successful and the less successful, whatever the people who don't end up making it through that taxi climb phase. So what separates the successful people from the not so successful? And for me, in my journey over the last few years, largely, I would break it down to three things have separated my cohorts who really made stuff happen. And then those who kind of just lingered around and didn't see much success. So for me, one really big one was being open and receptive. We'll talk about all three of these more. Pushing through fear was so incredibly major for me, you guys. And we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about that and then having a plan. And I'm going to give you a real cool little resource that helped me a ton when I was figuring this stuff out. So let's go right into being open and receptive. Just like anything, you can train your brain. And I love this like diving down the rabbit hole of like neuroplasticity and how your brain learns and all of that stuff. But I'll tell you that it boils down to a couple of key actionable things because you can get real woo-woo and I love a little bit of woo-woo, but the science behind things, like there's actionable stuff here. So you get what you look for. So have you ever gotten a new car or you decided you wanted a new car? And the minute you decide what that car is or what that handbag is or whatever. Like as soon as you're like, I want a a Tesla. Now you're going to see a freaking Tesla every mile and a half. But you want to know what? They were always there. The Teslas were always there. And now you've turned on your brain, the part of your brain that's going to look for it. So you always get what you look for. That's called your reticular activating system. That's basically how you can train your brain, prime your brain for the opportunities. And I would argue too that your language matters a lot here, that you can phrase things in a positive or you can phrase things in a negative. You can say, I don't want to be fat. Or you can say, I want to be healthy, right? When you're thinking about be fat, be fat, like that's what you see. Like, don't think about a pink elephant. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about a pink elephant, right? So let me prove to you that you get what you look for, okay? Hey, did you see that I'm representing today, everybody? I'm so proud of this. All right, I'm gonna count to 10. And I want each and everybody looking or or that are listening to this, I want you to look around whatever room you're in And I want you to count the red things you see, okay? I'm going to count to 10 and you're going to count the number of red things that you see. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Okay, close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. How many things did you see that were blue? You don't know because you were looking for red. You don't get 
what you are not actively looking for. That's my point. So the actionable piece here for real estate investors, because that's what I do, is if you are looking for a deal, like if you are looking for, oh, I just want cash flow, I just want a deal. and But no, like that's not specific enough. If you are looking for a 30 plus unit class B asset, the cash flows at least this much, cash on cash return of at least 10%. Like if you are very specific in these things, you're going to get more of what you're looking for, right? And another analogy I like to use on this, and this is something we talk a lot about if you're talking to brokers, right? So if you say to a broker, I don't know, just send me everything. I just want a deal, right? Like that's like telling your grandma when she asks, what do you want for Christmas? That's like saying, I want a sweater. Well, you know what? You're going to get like a sort of vest with pom-poms and a donkey, right? Well, no, if you're like, oh, I want a cable net, dark gray from J. Crew, size medium, like you're going to get something very close to exactly what's in your mind's eye, exactly what you want. The more specific you get on what you want, the more specific you can get in terms of training your brain of what you're looking for. So another really, really huge one for me, and gosh, most of the people I work with, the real estate investing people, especially women, this fear thing is so huge. Like for instance, guys, I got interested in real estate investing when I was 19 years old. I was standing on a patio of like a duplex or house or something that my friend, my sorority sister, like her dad had bought. And she was explaining that her her dad paid for it and she's renting out the rooms to our like shared friends. I'm like, and you get to keep that money? That is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So this idea of must-be real estate investor hit me in 1999. But you know what, guys? I got so analysis paralysis that I didn't buy anything until 2016, right? So I'm here to tell you that I speak your language, that fear can really take over and you don't get any results until you're taking action. I call myself a mindset ninja. And what I mean by that is I figured out some ways to outsmart my brain right? That I got to work with it. I can't work against it, right? So if I can figure out a way to think something through in a different way, then I'm more likely to be able to move forward the way that I want to move forward. So I did a lot of reading. And in Stoic philosophy, there's this idea of like, can I deal with the worst case scenario, right? And, you know, I made a reference earlier to what if the toilet breaks and what if I need a new roof in three years or whatever? There's those sorts of like bad things that could happen. I'm encouraging you to think through the very worst case scenario. If it all hits the fan, what is the rock bottom worst case scenario? So for me, I'm a single mom. I am leaving my day job so that I can throw myself into real estate investing. And I'm living this right now. I'm 14 work days from living this. And what got me to be able to make that decision was exactly this exercise. Well, what is the worst case scenario? Well, I've got this portfolio that's just mine that throws off enough cash flow for me to live my life. I also have irons in the fires for a lot of additional entrepreneurial stuff that I cannot wait to get my hands around. But all right, what is the worst case scenario? The thing that's providing me the cash flow, my portfolio, let's pretend that that goes completely away. Well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I go get another sales job. Like I know that in a week of trying, I could have another medical sales job. I know that. I believe that in my bones. So I'm willing to take this risk, even though it's so mitigated, the risk, right? So anyway, figure out the worst case scenario and go run straight at it. And if you've read The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, gosh, do I love that. Five, four, three, two, one, go do it. You don't get anything. You can do everything possible to mitigate every risk possible. But once you know that you've done all you can and that things still make sense, you got to just jump.
you got to know you're doing that for your growth and for yourself because it's a muscle. The first time I did a fourplex, bought a fourplex, I was so scared, you guys. I was scared to death to buy this $120,000 thing. And I had to have someone who had done it before tell me, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So I bought it and then I didn't die. Like not only did I not die, I had a thousand dollars cash flow coming in every month, right? So I was bitten by this bug that, oh my God, I can trust myself. You guys, I don't believe it. I can trust myself. One point I want to make here is I got really good at four units and six and eight and that little smallish, small, small multi wheelhouse. Like I got good at that because I got comfortable because it's a muscle. Then when I went from four to 50, it was a whole new thing again. Like I had to overcome this fear monger thing again. And that's normal. Any huge leap, any big growth that you're taking on, fear can take over again. And you're going to have to just know that you've trusted yourself before. You know the pattern to get yourself behind it. So you can five, four, three, two, one, take the jump and just do it again. And then the last thing, and this is so actionable. I really love this actionable stuff because lots of times mindset things you hear like the fluffy and you're like, yeah, so fired up. Let's go do this. And there's not a ton of actionable things behind it. So have a plan. What does that mean to me? Okay. I like this little story and it seems so perfect for fierce ladies. Do you remember in Alice Wonderland where Alice comes upon the Cheshire Cat and she says, which road do I take? And he says, well, where do you want to go? And she says, well, I don't know. And he says, then it doesn't matter. Where are you going? It's so freaking true. Like in real estate investing, like I always did what felt like the next right thing, right? Like, oh, you're doing that. I'll do that too. And oh, this thing's amazing. I'll do that. But I didn't have an endpoint. When I work with people, I always encourage them. We've got to figure out that North Star. What is that thing that you are running at? Because we've got to begin with the end in mind. The Stephen Covey idea of we need to know where we're going in order to get there most quickly. So it's just like in Google Maps. So we've got our North Star. We know exactly where we're running at. And we punch that into Google Maps. And then what does Google Maps tell you? It says, hey, Mandy, drive 500 feet and turn left. So I know my North Star, and then I just think about the next right step, right? All I need to give my attention to is in order to get to Houston from Chicago, what is my next right step? And you know, the best part about this analogy, it's basically you can reroute, you can pivot. If you see a wreck on Highway 19, then you know that you can circumvent that traffic and get there faster. You just keep that North Star in mind and a pivot is fine, just so long as you know you're headed in the right direction. So again, begin with the end in mind. Again, train your brain. Get so dang granular on what that North Star is, where you're running at. The more granular, the faster you'll get there. And then next right step yourself to that end. And for me, accountability is huge. So your group is perfect for this. It's fantastic, right? Like, so whatever your next right step is, how are you going to be accountable to it? That's like going to the gym, right? Like I might let myself down, but I'm not going to let Carolyn down if I promised her we go run a 5k this weekend. You know, I don't want to run a 5k, Carolyn, don't make me, my knees are bad. But anyway, it's the accountability piece. How are you going to make sure that you are showing up for yourself? And if you need to get around that by promising someone else, instead of just promising yourself, then understand what you're working with. 
So as somebody who was 14 days from quitting her day job, the thing that happened during COVID, and it was this incredible blessing. So I sell medical devices, a cardiac implant. My job before the one I have now, I was on call all the time. And I was actually, it's a funny story because I chose not to go to medical school because I talked with a doctor who's like, oh, you better love medicine because you're gonna be a slave to this pager and it's the worst. And, and I'm like, oh my God. So I switched to the business school like two days after that conversation because I didn't want to be on call. Well, the punchline to my life is that I ended up in medical sales on call for a sales job. And that's why I didn't go to medical school. It's just hilarious. So anyway, this idea of lifestyle by design. How can I know when I can quit my day job? So in COVID, I was able to sit down in my seat and because procedures couldn't happen for three months and sitting in my seat, I did four transactions and I realized, oh my gosh, I made in those four transactions more than twice what I will make in the entire year in my day job. I have to run directly at that. So I realized also that it's just, it's just my North Star thing that I keep talking about that I'm running straight at. All that is, is a math problem, you guys. You can figure out what it costs you to live your life. You can figure that out. It's just math. I can do math, right? And then as soon as you know what that number is, you just need that amount of cash flow, maybe a buffer, and then you get to make all of these cool decisions for your life. So we have to really define what financial freedom is and exactly what it is that you need because it's going to be different than you think. Because I arbitrarily would say, oh, I got to have $10,000 in cash. How many times if you're a real estate investor, are you around people that are like, oh, I got to have $10,000 in cash? Well, that is such a regularly chosen arbitrary number. It's never anybody's number. You got to do the math to define your North Star and get that accountability. So here is the cool thing. And I'll put this in the chat so you guys can copy it. But I made this calculator that basically what it does, that'll take you to my website and you can download it here. And I made a little video guide because I kept getting the same questions around it. So what this calculator is, and we'll go into that and am I good on time? Yeah. Can I show this real quick? Okay. This is what my brain does. You guys, can you see what my brain is like? So what you do, or this kind of was born of a Tony Robbins seminar wealth mastery, that there's different levels of financial freedom. That if my basic Maslow's hierarchy of need stuff is met, then I feel some level of freedom to live a life that's really authentic to myself. So if I can get my mortgage and my food and all that jazz covered, that is some level of security that I can go live with more authenticity. Well, then another stepping stone is, can I achieve that number? So you can see that self-populates there and half of my luxury stuff that I want to do on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis. Financial independence, I call this a mint.com number. So I use mint.com. It basically compiles my expenses and my net worth. It's a really cool tool that I completely advocate for. I'm zero ties to it. I explain a lot more in the little video that will be attached. But basically that will help you figure out over the last 12 months, what is the average it costs me to live my life. And oh my God, that's not $10,000. That's not $15,000, right? If I want to have that plus some level of buffer, I feel like personally that buffer, you need at least 20% up to like doubling whatever that number is to feel really good about leaving your day job. For me, I chose 25% because I've got a lot of irons in the fire. You choose anything I would advocate that it be between 20 and 100%. And then this absolute financial freedom, this idea of opening up your brain. Like if you had George Rothers, if you had everything you wanted in your whole life, this is something that was really instructive for me because I never let my brain go there. Because I am a farm kid who all I wanted for my life was to make sure that, I mean, 
you guys, all of my clothes, except for the free one that Colleen or Carolyn gave me is everything's from Old Navy. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a, a things person. I decided today my car's going to have 150,000 miles on it before I get a new one, right? Like I'm just not a things person, but my God, like it was so cool to be like, oh my gosh, a jet membership. I can belong to a thing and then just go jump on a private jet. I don't have to own the whole private. I don't have to own the whole jet. Like it's just open your brain and figure out what that would cost. And like, now that I'm in the middle of it, this is so achievable because I've done the hard work of the takeoff and the cruise to altitude. Now I'm just keeping everything going in flow and it's just exponentially growing. One more point on that calculator. The minute I knew exactly what I needed in order to make this happen, within 12 months, I hit it. Yes, I was absolutely already investing and I was already working through those that fear muscle and the growth and the whatever. But as soon as I knew, I could optimize what I was already doing and I freaking got there so fast, you guys. Like it's, and again, nothing special, just next right stepped myself into success and everybody can do it too. So thank you for letting me talk about, can you tell I've had a lot of, I coffeeed up for you guys. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sporting the fierce <laughs> AFK. And actually it wasn't free. Mandy donated well, both time and money to One Life Fully Lived in which to earn that tank top. And so it felt free because that's stuff that I would do anyway. So, so pleased to be a part of it. <laughs> well, thank you, Mandy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have time for questions at yeah. all? Yeah. Little boys in bed. I got nothing but time for you. So ladies, those of you on the call or any of that are watching, if you have questions, go ahead and you can either unmute or you can type any questions that you might have or accolades. This is Janice. Hello, Mandy. Hi. Hi. I'm Janice. Nice to meet you too. And this was so awesome to hear some of your story. And I think you're a fabulous speaker and just very eloquent and funny, which I appreciate. And I'm just curious about, we know the whole multitasking. <laughs> Hashtag mom life. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. If I just sold a house, I had a home, I moved out of it, bought a new one and was renting that house. But the market here in California is like crazy or Sacramento. So I wasn't planning on selling, but I sold it. So now I have kind of a large chunk of money mm -hmm. that I want to be really smart with. Yeah. And because I was raised with not a lot of money and like you were kind of saying, you know, my mindset just didn't even contain that idea of having money to invest. It was more like, oh, we're going to live paycheck to paycheck and that's just how we're going to live our lives, you know, all the time. So now that I have this, I'm wondering what just off the cuff thoughts you have about a good way to start even thinking or planning for that. Yeah. I'll honor very much that I see. And I know that I did this in my twenties. Like when I started earning a good living in medical device sales, that it felt so scary to have this money that I would just get rid of it. And I would just like, Oh God, I can't, I, I can't. Right. I would spend it on stupid things and whatever, because I didn't have the self-worth to know that I deserve to invest in my future. So I honor you for realizing that and now knowing being ready to step into that next portion of your life where you know that you're worth it. So in my opinion, I love small multis. And California is real hard and Illinois is really hard. So if we look at what happened with population, okay, my master's is economics, so I can't not do the supply demand thing, right? But what do you need for like a long-term rental to work? You need a lot of people wanting to live there. How do you get that? A lot of jobs 
going there, right? So where you have population growth and job growth and GDP growth, so like wage growth, that stuff, you can look it up, right? I would, if I'm you, buy into like a group thing because there's things called syndications that I've got about 12 book recommendations for you if you want. The hands-off investor is a really, really good one if you want to passively invest in someone else's deal and really learn how to vet the people because it all matters the people first. But if you want, kind of want to get your hands dirty, in my opinion, if you can do a fourplex in a market that makes sense, that is the very best because you can lock in long-term 30-year fixed debt that right now what we have going for us is really super low rate right? If you can lock that in for 30 years on a residential loan, so one to four units is considered residential. If you're willing to live in one of the units to a fourplex, you can do what's called house hacking. A great book for that is Set for Life by Scott Trench. Man, if I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but not house hacking in a fourplex is one of them. So I would look in a market that makes sense. If you need to stay in Sacramento, I would still look to see if if that's a possibility, a fourplex is a possibility to house hack. If it's not, look in a market that does make sense and aim for like a four unit or to buy into somebody else's deal that makes more sense elsewhere. Uh, Just really quick and then I'll be totally quiet. Thank you for that. That's amazing. What do you think about purchasing a property in Mexico? Do you have any thoughts about that? Just as a little caveat, it would be, yes, I wouldn't want to lose money, but maybe not so much investing as something that I would personally love. And then, but to make it make sense, do you feel like that would even make sense or just no? So you're talking to utilitarian farm kid investor, Mandy. In my opinion, the type of lending you can get in the United States is the best in the world. It just is. The government-backed stuff that we have, regardless of what your thoughts are and how we manage the government, whatever, but we offer the very best loan products. You cannot get those types of loan products in Mexico. And if you think of what a cash-on-cash return is, it's how many dollars did you put in versus how many dollars do you get back. So most of the time in like a not America investing thing, you have to put like 50% down. So regardless of how much rent and stuff you're getting, if you're putting in 50%, you know, your multiplier is the math just doesn't work out that it's advantageous. So that is thing one, why I vote against Mexico, but I love Mexico. Don't get me wrong. I love a nice vacation. And anyway, so if you're going to buy something that you're also then going to like Airbnb out, the problem there is to get that for its account. I am not an accountant and this is why I pay one and I, we have all these planning calls, but so talk to yours. There's my disclaimer that you can only use it however many days per year before it counts as a second home versus an investment. So you kind of lose that too. So in my opinion, I still buy something for long-term cash flow and maybe in a place that makes sense that you, I mean, still, okay, Neil Bawa, he's like a guru type guy. He does a free thing called location magic. That's the very best explanation of how to drill down on where there's job growth and GDP growth and population growth. Location, if you Google Neil Bawa, N-E-A-L, last name, B-A-W-A, location magic, it's the very best thing I've ever seen around it. Find a place that makes sense, buy a quad and lock in that debt. Well, and also last thing on the Airbnb stuff, if you have a W-2 job, you can't take advantage without going into the weeds. You can't take advantage of all of the tax benefits if you do something other than real estate investing, right? So in order to do Airbnb stuff, you get taxed like it's a job. 
right? And it's kind of a lot of brain damage to manage a new tenant and a cleaner and like every two days. So I would far rather have something that I can get all of the tax benefits out of like a long-term rental. That's where I'd start if you're my sister. Thank you, Mandy. And what was that that book, the quad book for the quads? So the one that goes way into house hacking is called Set for Life by Scott Trench. Set for Life. Yeah. So I read a lot and I did like a little list of my favorite books specifically around like mindset and investing. I'll copy that to the chat too. But yeah, the thing is small multis are so my jam because one transaction is one transaction and you can get immediate scale. There's so many upsides. And I love that calculator. That's so amazing because what it does is like makes it real. Like, what is it that you need in order to be completely financially free and And being able to map it out? It makes real. If any problem in your whole life, I firmly believe this. If you can really get granular, if you can define what that problem is in a really precise way, it's so much easier to attack. So whenever I feel like the anxiety, fear stuff about any problem that's in front of me, I just get it all on paper, get super granular about it. And the more truth I can put to it, the easier it is to be like, oh yeah, all I got to do is that. And then that, and then that, and everything feels better. Got it. That's beautiful. I was just just clicking on it to make sure I had it. (laughs) Thank you, Mandy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your energy and your wisdom. It's so true. What exactly what Janice said, like, I love your energy. And also like your demeanor is just like fun. And it's awesome. And I love it. And you just light me up. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for being here. I'm so honored with all of the things that you shared. And in the link, And in the chat, and then also inside the group, I'll post the link to Mandy's website so you can download that financial planner and also her favorite books. Yay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait for us to get together and meet up and we'll be chatting soon. Thanks for listening to the Finding Your Fears podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode releases. Please share this episode with someone who might want a little more fierce in their life. And for more information about how we can work together, go to carolynkaleen.com. Talk to you soon.